Na 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 Jim's our best friend. Hello, and welcome to The Arteries. We're a weekly podcast where we talk to creative people about how and why they do what they do. I'm your host, Noel Duplat. This week on the show, I'm sitting with Des Hickey, the bass player in Punchface Champions and also my own band, Not Monsters. We chatted about how his training as a medical physicist ties into his love of bass playing and composition, his musical about synesthesia and being in bands with feelings. We have uh, Des Hickey. Hello. Um, in the tiny soundproofed room, which we are calling the studio. It's a beautiful studio. And it's I right, particularly like this homeless man with a sandwich. That is my favorite. Yeah, uh, me too. Because you kind of feel like if you have to be a homeless man, first of all, you want a sandwich. But second of all, <laughs> that guy just looks... He looks like he would be, he'd be good in a fight <laughs> and he'd have a lot of stories. It looks like he had a lot of swagger as well. At yeah, some exactly. Point. Like that hair, like people would work on that hair. Wherever you're putting this podcast, we need to show this photo. Yeah. I also, I do like the irony of um, having, co- having conversations about creativity and art <laughs> and, and its place in the world and its purpose. <laughs> And we've technically just stolen a bunch of art from the internet and put it up on the walls. So the irony is not lost. I really like Back to the Future, though. <laughs> That's a good point. You can't go wrong with that. It's a classic. I like the Stanley Donwood ones as well. You know, the um, Radiohead artist. I he did, did He did the, the, the kind of two foresty ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's three foresty ones, though. Oh, where's the third? Oh, I, yeah, I don't think that green one's him. Oh, okay. I don't know what that is, actually. I like that one. But the, the kind of black and blue one. The one that looks like a hole. Yeah, to me, it looks like a colonoscopy. Don't it? I was thinking like Alice in Wonderland down like the tunnel. There's that element, sure. More innocent. Yeah. Less anal. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen a colonoscopy? I had a colonoscopy yeah. then I got to watch the... I was worked in a hospital, sure. Oh, of course. So I was in That's surgeries. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Were you actually in when they were doing <laughs> surgeries? Uh, for a knee surgery, yeah. What was your job exactly in the hospital? You? I trained as a medical physicist. Mm-hmm. So I was supposed to be a physicist in the hospital who like tests uh, radiological equipment. But it was very hard to get a job in that. I wanted to get into diagnostic imaging and all that sort of stuff. So I was working in Hermitage in Lucan and they were like, okay, uh, we'll try and get you a job. But in the meantime, can you do all this clinical engineering stuff first? Because it's kind of in the title of your course. (laughs) Like, uh, sure, (laughs) I'm flexible. I'll learn whatever that is. (laughs) So I became a clinical engineer for two years and... I was like purchasing equipment and having replacement plans and then setting up all sorts of policies and procedures, how to use equipment and instructions and training. And um, Yeah, so how do you think that ties into how you make music? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it does, because I'm quite logical with how I make music. I'd, I'd like to plan things and I'm kind of, I'm getting away from it now more so, but I used to be like, set the metronome and then on this beat it changes exactly whereas in punch face we do lots of programmed metronomes and it's kind of like goes with the flow and the energy it's it's in, in the recording process yeah exactly yeah I, I like i like to be very logical about stuff and i like things to be complicated as well because it interests me okay so like if i'm counting a lot in songs that's good fun for me 
I want to be thinking about stuff while I'm doing it. Like, because sometimes if you're just doing mindless, repetitive stuff, it can be boring. But there's a place for that as well. But I don't know. So would you say, like, how much of your enjoyment of music, both in playing and, and in listening, uh, comes from the kind of the head side of it or from the gut side of it? It used to be all from the head side, but now I've got a lot more of the gut in it as well. But I think one thing that just irritates the shit out of me is when people get very hippie-ish about music. It's like, I was just inspired. I saw a sparrow in a tree and then just this melody came to me from nowhere. It's like, no, it's experience. You've been working on this shit for years and you've just fucking reformulate things. To me, it's more logical than that. Well, I do do remember hating that like John Lennon always thought that like he would... uh you know, the song existed and he would just kind of channel it. Like, you know, it would choose him and, and yeah. come out through him. I hate that idea. Yeah. It's bullshit. I always kind of thought of it in the, the kind of Coen Brothers way, where like if you watch a Coen Brothers movie with a fine enough comb, you can identify, you know, the 40,000 film references that they're making. But there's 40,000 of them. So yeah. that's kind of their own thing now. Exactly. And there's a feel to a Coen Brothers movie. um, And so it becomes about like the actual... Way you assemble the pieces. Exactly, yeah. yeah. The taste that comes into how you're assembling and how you're curating those those various influences. And I think that's that's kind of what creativity is. Definitely. You have to like work at the tools until you're good enough to mix them on the fly almost. favorite things these days is kind of unique chords mostly jazzy chords and yeah. sevenths and ninths and stuff they're nice and doing weird like different versions of them using different intervals and it gives you ideas for melodies then so it's like oh i wouldn't have thought that note would have worked there where did you okay influence wise where do you start like what's what's the first big band that had an influence on you oh god um uh, probably the chili peppers uh, every bass player says it yeah because <laughs> yeah, like flea had melodic bass lines and they're kind of funky and when you're younger you think slap is impressive <laughs> and then you learn that and it was like wow you're so good and i'm like yeah i know <laughs> and then just like no this is shit <laughs> but it took me a while to learn that because i was like oh victor Wooten, he's so complicated i want to learn that and then i did i was like oh yeah he's just doing the same shit every song and he doesn't write songs, he just writes wanks. Like the difference between music and masturbation. Yeah. yeah. Self-manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've grown out of that, thankfully. One of my biggest influences is being in different bands, like, because you just learn so much off other players. And I started, when I was about 15 or something, and then within a year, I had like seven bands because <laughs> nobody wants to play bass <laughs> for a start. <laughs> um, yeah, I I was just mad into music. I just it became my obsession and I just every day I was in, in practicing with a different band. So much fun, though. I learned so much in like two years. What type were they all? similar or and no they're all different like i had a punk band a metal band <laughs> a speed metal band yeah i'd have some funk stuff as well a couple of funk bands but it's mostly they're all just shite <laughs> sure 
because <laughs> like, we're all 16 and we've been playing for like a year or something. Bass solo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like, it was just slap. Like, slap! <laughs> slap the root note! <laughs> but, um, yeah, my first band was like called ADD. Attention Deficit Disorder. Not it's too not, bad a name. It's not a terrible name. Yeah, it's not. Heard a lot of bad names so far from oh, my next, My next bad All name right. is awful. Oh <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like a rock band and I was singing and playing bass and the lyrics were just the worst. Were you, were you writing the lyrics? <laughs> oh, I was. I'll go on, give us a sample. Like one I wrote like two minutes before we had to record it. Sure. <laughs> and it was... Na 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 Jim's our best friend. And then the verses were toilet. And it's about how I saw him in school and he's my friend and he gets on with everyone. It was about my friend Ahmed, who I called Jim because nobody could pronounce his name properly. It's like Ahmed. It's no Ahmed. It's like Jim. So like he used to introduce himself as Jim for like about three years or something. Like until halfway through college, he's like, actually, my name's Ahmed. What the fuck am I doing? Really? It's like, Des, please stop calling me Jim. I was like, oh, sorry, man. And like one had like lyrics to Old Mother Hubbard in it. <laughs> no, it was so bad. I didn't write those lyrics. <laughs> the guitarist did. No shit. Wow. And they're Old all Mother like, Hubbard. What's, what's she again? She went to the cupboard oh, to get her daily fix. Oh, is what we did. Jesus Christ. I didn't write that though. It was social it was commentary. so bad. Oh. oh, that actually hurt a little. <laughs> like my teeth hurt from that. Oh. Yeah. And her dog was doing tricks. <laughs> well. <laughs> to pay for her fix. That's, that's so bad. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first band. It's awful. <laughs> we played like two gigs. Both battled of the bands. And we won both of them. It's weird though because like when you're in a band when you're a teenager playing all the time and and like people are like hey you're Des from that band and like like I had people talking to me that I never knew, met before and I was like yeah. this is kind of cool and anytime I wasn't at work I was in band and anytime I wasn't in band at work I was in school and I just like I was like oh shit I'm starving I better eat and I was like I'll do it later and then by the time I got around to eating it's like oh, I couldn't be fucked I'm gonna bed. <laughs> an anxious kid no I was always very calm and happy yeah like my mom even said I was like annoyingly happy child <laughs> I used to get up at like six o'clock in the morning and just start singing <laughs> go to bed <laughs> I am in bed mom <laughs> <laughs> or um I used to get up at like about six or about five actually and I'd get up and have cereal waiting for cartoons and I'd just be watching the girl with the chalkboard going I was sitting there eating like Rice Krispies. I can't wait for cartoons to be on. I was just like a deliriously happy idiot for an awful lot of my childhood. Good. And then you got into metal. Yeah. And I hated everything. God damn you, Slipknot. The gateway drug. Uh, yeah. So, childhood, where where are you born? Where you grew up? I was born in Beaumont, well, Artane. I lived there until I was like 28, and then I moved in with Jacob from the band. Yeah, from Punch Place. Yeah, exactly. Lived there with my parents, two sisters, which is funny because 
we've noticed in both bands, not Monsters and Poetry's Champions, that we all only have sisters and there's no males, no brothers in that is anyone's weird. life. Yeah, it's bizarre. I think it says an awful lot about our personalities as well, though. It's affected how we've developed. We didn't have some older brother kicking the shit out of us. <laughs> and we're all fairly sensitive people. I don't think any of us are particularly scared of, like, having feelings. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Maybe Dave, but... Maybe Dave a little. Yeah, but, but no. even still, he's, he's still a big, soft, giant bear. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But aren't they all softies? All the rock music lads. What, to be honest, the good <clears> stuff <throat> tends to be, like, the really masculine balls rock tends to... Even them, I imagine most of them are like, You bullied me when I was younger, now I'm gonna shout! <laughs> I don't know, like, I'm thinking about all the kind of, you know, to now we're going to go out and fuck some girls kind of <laughs> bullshit. Um, yeah. I'd say they have a lot of brothers. <laughs> Too many brothers. <laughs> yeah. They are probably the oldest brother. Yeah. Fuck you! <laughs> and your folks, what do, what do they do? Um, yeah, they're, they're funny. My mom's from Mayo, and um, she's been living in Dublin since she's like 18 as a nurse. And my dad was into music forever. I think he's been playing since he's about 15 as well. Okay. Yeah, he was in like a trad band that he fucking hated because he hates trad music. Okay. And he played uh, bass in that, even though he's a guitarist, but he's like, it was a paying gig, so that's why he did it. Like, right. he used to get loads of pubs and clubs and stuff. And they're touring around America a little bit and stuff. And they're kind of big, like, in the day. Like, they'd be known around uh, Dublin, they're called Platform. Okay. They're on like the Carlsberg ad and stuff, but he fucking hated it. It's all that idly shite. <laughs> but um, what type of music is he into? Like Ozzy Osbourne and shredding guitars right. and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> he loves any sort of guitar solo and like country music and the, like not country soul, like country licks on guitar, like Danny Gatton and stuff like that. So. I had an awful lot of that as like I remember as a kid I was like five at the back garden smashing cars together trying to break everything I own born smasher <laughs> and um, he's just sitting there playing like Dire Straits or something on guitar like, yeah the solo and I was like smash <laughs> so it's always been around me I also had a theory that I remember this is something I noticed that like my dad, who's really into music, mm-hmm. he'd kind of like to figure out how things work. And so do I. I love knowing how things work. Even when I was a kid, like I had this little cash register and when the button stopped working on it. So I took the whole thing apart <laughs> and my mom came in and was like, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, uh, I'm going to fix it. It's like. Right, we have to buy a new cash register. <laughs> then an hour later, I had it put back together and it was working perfectly. He's like, how did you do that? I was like, I don't know. Just took it apart and figured it out. And I was like, fucking seven or something. And I used to just love figuring out how things worked. And <laughs> I, I'm glad Dave isn't here to contradict me because he'd point <laughs> out a, a couple of times where things had gone horrifically wrong. One or two. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I'm not so good with these microelectronics. <laughs> Stupid fat fingers can't do anything. But yeah, I think like my dad has a big interest in music and interest in how things work. 
and I remember my mom I'd explain something to her and I was like isn't that cool and she's like I don't care how it works. I just want it to work. I don't want to have to think about it. I just want it to work. It's like, oh, that's why you don't really give a shit about music either. You just kind of go, oh, that's a nice song. Don't care. Do a thing. And I guess that makes sense. And to what extent, like, uh, does that apply to composition like in terms of, like, reverse engineering stuff? Like, when you're listening to things? Yeah. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> I was, I'm a lot better now, but when I was... Actually, I'm not. I'm still a bastard for analyzing. It's kind of difficult to enjoy music sometimes because you're like, oh, that was so cool because like, yeah, I'm enjoying it in a completely different way. But I'd like to try and shut off my brain every now and then. But it's just it's difficult because I'm always kind of like, oh, wow, I love how they did this with this. And this was so clever. And oh, I can't believe they didn't do this. There's a couple of times where I listen to a song. It's like, oh, it was so almost perfect. You just just done this. But I think that's, I suppose, I can't say that I don't enjoy music because I enjoy it on a different level now. I just, I'm very analytical about it. It's very rare that I kind of switch off and go, whoa. Maybe when I'm pissed, I'm listening to like <laughs> rap songs. Limp as <laughs> Yeah. I was going to ask about the your musical the whole idea of that musical was that it was kind of like the way i like recording loads of bits and loads of pieces i was like it'd be amazing if you could internalize that and just when you're walking around you see something you can just record your ideas because i used to get ideas all the time and like i'd ring myself until i went to my voicemail and then you go or whatever the fuck it was and um yeah i used to do it like every day the idea of the musical was it'd be amazing if you could just remember stuff by putting a picture in your head. And I used to try and do that. And it kind of worked sometimes. Like there's one song, one melody I had. It's really weird and it's going to sound mental, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. It's like... And it repeated. Okay. And then I made this stupid image in my head to remember it, which is almost like a song I had like words that matched the melody kind of and then I used them to create a picture in my head so I'd remember it and it worked but it's stupid so it was goblins in the field the field in the forest field in the forest field at night and it matched the doo 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 the goblins in the field the field in the forest field it's nonsense then I just pictured goblins in a field and I'd remember that whole riff. Great, that worked. I was like, imagine if you could do that automatically all the time. Anytime you got an idea, that'd be amazing. And I was trying to train myself to do that. Unsuccessfully. <laughs> then I was like, got this idea of like writing a musical because every time I see a musical, it's stuff where they're forcing the words in before the music. And I was always a big fan of music before words. So I hate that. I'm going to the shops and I need to buy some milk because it's forcing me to like this. And they're like smashing words into Steven a melody. time kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it doesn't fit the melody, but it needs to be there. I was like, it should be the other way around. Ever since I became the demon barber of Sweeney Todd. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I fucking hate that shit. I like when there's music and it's got a pattern and it's nice and it works and then you fit the words in and around it so that always annoyed me so I wanted to write a musical that wasn't that and I also hated the fact that 
everybody in every musical was like a super professional, incredible operatic singer. Oh, there should be someone that's like, I don't know what I'm singing. So, so I wanted to have both of those things. <laughs> I had that idea and then the other idea. So I was mixing the making things up in your head and to remember a melody mixed with the idea of having a musical that wasn't shit. But um, so I was like, oh, it'd be cool if you could like automatically like you'd see something and then you'd think a melody. And I realized that that's a thing that mm -hmm. like synesthesia, most synesthetes like they'll see a color in their mind's eye, so to speak, as opposed to visually in the world. But I was thinking the reverse of it. It'd be amazing if you see yellow and the triggers like and then you see red and like, so the idea is that there's this kid and he's a synesthete from birth and he just finds life baffling and he can't process all like he's too much sensory input so he's just kind of like ah so everything he sees is just like <laughs> tons of different timbres and notes all played at the same time just fucking chaotic and horrible and then there'd be that horrible noise but you'd lower it in the background for other parts of it. And it'd be like a montage of this kid growing up being crap at lots of things. Like someone is calling him and he doesn't hear it because it's just in the noise of everything. And he doesn't really focus on anything because he's looking around and everything is causing noise in his head. And then he gets a little bit older and his mom's bringing him to the doctor to have a checkup. And there's like two different colored walls and one's like red and one's blue. I don't know what the actual colors are because I worked. This is the worst because I like physics. I worked out a spectrum of color okay. that corresponds with musical frequencies. So everything in this musical was going to be colored based on the note I wanted to produce. So it's going to be weird looking because it's going to be an animation. So he's in this doctor's surgery and he's like, there's two like just plain colored walls and he's looking at one of them. This is coming out of the background noise. Mm -hmm. So he's hearing this and then he looks over the other way and it's like, and then he just switches between them and realizes that when he sees them, there's a, like a fundamental note for mm -hmm. each one. And then he's just like covers his eyes. And then he starts making a song out of this, which is called the accidental composition. But um, yeah, so that's the first time he writes a song. It's like this little like two note thing. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of starts focusing and realizes he can kind of lower the background noise. And like then I think the best part about superhero films are when they're discovering their powers. So I wanted most of the musical to be about him discovering what he can do. So then the idea is that he starts fine tuning it and he's a weird introverted kid. But at least he starts getting better now because he can kind of like dull down the background noise and focus on things and listen to people and hear stuff. Mm -hmm. And then because he knows that it's color based he'd walk around with a little color chart from like Woody's or something and just like he'd be using it as a like mind keyboard and covering up all the bits and, go, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and then there's just scenes where he's walking around town we've seen certain things and we triggering certain rhythmic ideas in his head as well as colors I'd see a pigeon <laughs> but um yeah so he's he's working on his um is on honing his skill, so to speak, and he's sitting in school and on his own. And there's some girl who plays piano. And she's very nice. And she comes over and she hears him humming something. He's like, "Oh, that's really cool." I'm like, do you play anything? And he's just like, "No," and walks away. He runs away. <laughs> and uh, she sees him around and she sees him with his color chart. And he's like, "What the hell is that about?" And then he tries to explain it to her, and she's like, 
that's weird. And they slowly become friends. And then she starts hanging out with him and asks him about his color chart mm-hmm. and what notes they represent or whatever. And then because she's a pianist, she uh, one day paints her piano the same colors as the notes. And then he comes in and he's just fantastic pianist. He's like, <laughs> because it's his colors. So he knows what everything sounds like. So yeah. he's just like insanely good at it. And he starts up playing, bang, holy shit. And then he just becomes this monstrous musician and develops and they become closer friends and stuff. And eventually they get involved together and have a relationship and he becomes a composer and he's composing music for Phil. And um, his success goes to his head, he becomes a prick and gets into drugs, comes and starts sleeping around and being a dickhead. And then she's like, fuck you <laughs> and bails. And then his life starts falling apart and then he starts losing the ability to control his synesthesia. So the background noise So it starts. starts coming up again and then he starts losing his mind and freaking out. And there's this great pressure on him to build something better than his last release, whatever it was. So he's like um, trying to block out as many sensory inputs as he can. So he locks himself away on his own, paints his entire room black, paints everything black. So there's just a dulled hum and there's nothing more so he can focus on scoring his next piece and um he's completely lost his fucking mind and then it starts happening where he'll start seeing things as he hears things and hearing things as he sees things and all of his senses are getting completely fucked up and this is the start of the thing it starts off with this he's in a blackened room and he's like "Ah!" and he's freaking out he's trying to write something and he's just his room's chaos it's just like lots of scrumpled old balls of paper and he's like no this is shit and freaking out and then i have this song about how he's freaking out and losing his mind and then he slips on his mess and smashes his head off his desk and bleeds to death <laughs> Thanks so much to Des Hickey for talking with me today. You can find links to all of his music on our website, thearteries.org. All of the music for today's show was provided by Des himself and his bands Argento, Punchface Champions and Not Monsters. If you enjoyed the show, you can directly contribute to its continuance. Subscribing and liking our various Facebook, Twitter, Instagram pages. If you're our audience, that makes you as visible as possible and helps us out to no end. The show was produced and edited by David Canton and presented by me, Noel Duplan. Thank you for listening. This has been The Arteries.